So where do dragons rank on your list of religious concerns or interests? Or did you even know that there are dragons in the Bible? It did surprise me. I will fully admit I did not um, did not know there were dragons in our scripture. And I am really curious about it. Did you, that, did you not that read the book of Revelation? But like, <laughs> I guess I've always, um, first off, not really. Um, <laughs> True you, confessions. Welcome to episode 236 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brew pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverend o- Reverend's Oaken Holder, Shannon Weston, and myself, uh, Brian Burkoff, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. Yes, there are, there are more than one of us on here. Uh, Make sure to put that S on there. Uh, whether you're a longtime listener, you're new to the show, you can get access to even more content. Uh, become a patron. Patreon. A patron. A patron. A patron. There we go. You're right. I should have read this script before. <laughs> <laughs> become a patron. Starting at $7 a month. You get access to pre and post show banter. Like some of the fun conversations we had uh, uh, last week with our guest, Derek Weston. We talked about uh, the, uh, the varied experiences of book publishing. Uh, Brian and Derek talk football sports games. Uh, I was just sitting there twiddling my thumbs because I don't get football still. Um, and I think I think we expanded some more on our conversation on lasagna and God for some reason. That was part There's of the many intro. layers. That's all. Many, there, there you go. Ooh. Many layers, <laughs> lots of depth. Um, so yes, you can get access to all of that good stuff, even some merch like pint glasses. Sign up at patreon.com slash ptlive. And as always, a big thank you to our current patrons. Today we're discussing October. It's my favorite color. Um, dragons and forgiveness. I don't know what dragons has to do with it, but I'm sure we'll find out. So what are we drinking today to talk about all of this fun stuff? Brian, um, we rarely start with you. What are you drinking today? Well, thank you very much. I am uh, drinking a Paled It, American Pale Ale by Saugatuck Brewing uh, down the road here from Holland. It is uh, yeah, an American Pale Ale with a burst of tropical hops. Nice. So basically, you can't taste the tropics. All you taste is bitter. So basically, yum. So basically, yum. <laughs> Uh, Ogan, what are you drinking today? It is October officially, so I'm going with Oktoberfest by Varsteiner nice. out of Marsden, Germany. Marsden, Germany. Sorry, Varsten, Germany. I can read. So, yep, Oktoberfest. You've clearly proven that a few times today during this yes, show. <laughs> Listen, man, the last couple of weeks, my brain has just not been firing on like I hear you. many Wait, cylinders. Just the last couple of weeks? Not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's usually running low, but the last couple of weeks is really bad, even by my standards. <laughs> what do you got, well, I'm, I'm moving away from beer today. I'm going to have some tea. It's um, Ivan has been kind of hanging out, Hurricane Ivan, the remnants of it mm-hmm. have been hang- hanging out over Baltimore. Hurricane Ian. Last couple of days and it's gotten cold and it's been rainy. So I'm I'm having some chai tea. Let's see my little like, just some regular old chai tea. Nice. And, um, but I wanna um, add of course to it. Course. So my first edition is oh. my Hun's Honey. And um, Hun's Honey is a Baltimore, um, it's there's there's honey from bees, but there's also like other products. Um, Google it. It's made by women who are survivors of sexual assault um, nice. and their products and all of their. Um, so it's a great kind of mission here ministry in Baltimore um, for these women gives them a job, gives them something to go to and be part of. So all the proceeds go to helping these women um, out of not just um, assault, but of trafficking as well. So um, what's the name of it again? It's called Hun, H-O-N, Hun's Honey. Um, And there's this big thing in Baltimore of 
of hun, you know, like they, people call each other hun and whatever. So I don't know the full history, but I'm going to add in a little bit of my, you can see how much we like it. Um, this is an angel's envy uh, rye, um, which is a little bit spicy. Um, yeah. And I don't mean like in like a hot level, it's just a little bit um, got some nice spice to it. So it's great with fall, hot fall drinks. So Sounds lovely. that's what I'm drinking today. And tell Very. everybody what your mug says. Yeah, uh, my mug says insert eye roll here. Um, That's a, that a very Shannon mug. My that children is. got that for me for Christmas. There you go. I they wonder know why. <laughs> I wonder why. I'm going to put the link for a Hunt's Honey up in our Facebook comments. Yeah. So folks really, it's really great. And Christmas is coming. So like I get a lot of gifts from Hunt's Honey. Um, it's, it's a lot like those of you that know this about Thistle Farms in Nashville. Um, that's another great organization that takes women who have been trafficked um and gets them back on their feet this mm. is hun's honey is um baltimore's version of that so check Great. that out so it's a drink with a message oh, well done <laughs> well done insert eye roll here mm. oh wait sorry that wasn't the no, message that doesn't <laughs> on to today's topics all right describe october in three words or less Pumpkin spice latte. Yes, please. Oh. Already too cold. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm in the DC area, which is a stone's throw from Baltimore, where Shannon is. And this is day four of cloudy, icky, drizzly, overcast remnants of Hurricane Ian. I should not really be complaining because nowhere near what folks in Florida and South Carolina and all those places had to uh, endure. We just getting chilly overcast drizzle. So, you know, say that up front and, you know, hearts and thoughts and prayers and support keep going out to those folks. And day th three days is usually like three days of overcast is usually like my kind of limit before the Moody Blues take over. Yeah. And I'm on day four right now, and I, I'm gonna be I'm just heads up. I'm gonna be crabby today because I think because of that. Yeah. Um. As as well. So yeah. Yeah. So right. I shouldn't uh, tell you that. I shouldn't tell you that our October has been uh, blue skies, high sixties every day. Which, if I could have October like this uh, all month, <laughs> would be amazing. Well, I'm coming to, I'm flying to Chicago to the weekend and there you go. I looked at the forecast and it's, yeah, that's what I'm flying into. Perfect. And it should start picking up here like that tomorrow. Yeah. Um, as, We've as got well. one more day of this and then we're 72 and sunny, you know, kind of deal. Um, but yeah. yeah, still it's, it's day four is hard. Like I woke up it like, is. oh, this is, is, this is rough. All right. Yeah. So I would describe October uh, in these three words, best sports month mm. because you got you like baseball and football. you got the world series love the baseball playoffs you've also got football in full swing and the other sports are kind of starting to think about starting up again too when we think about basketball and, and yeah and so. nba preseason has begun yep yep so it's i although i march is a it's like one march. and two between march and october <laughs> in terms of best sports month they're very close <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or maybe well, I should have said Christie's birthday. There's month. still hope for know. everyone in October in football, right? Like October's still yeah. that. We won't get into football, Ogan, but like there's we're in the beginning where there's still hope for you know everybody mm -hmm. could turn it around or that's okay. It was a rough start. And, that's right. You know, blah, blah, blah. that's right. So there's still there's still hope in there. Yeah, before hope bends you over and just. Wow. Has its way with you. Hope Some, get somebody's you every on time. day four of cloudiness. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I just, I, listen, I was oh, able to censor myself a, a little bit. <laughs> I was able to censor myself a little bit. That's not, that's, that's not the first thought that came to mind. Well, it got about dark that. in a hurry. I'm just going to say that. Man. <laughs> there we go. Uh. Wow. Wow. But there is, you know, there is something though, like Shannon said, yes, please. Like there is something about fall and the colors, obviously, but also the food and the, the yeah. and the warmer clothes. And, and I mean, I don't drink a lot of tea. Chai is really my limit. I may have some, you know, like there's a couple of teas that I drink. I'm not a big tea drinker, but like there's something about that warm mug between your hands and, yeah. you know, I have socks on and, you know, just, I, I don't know. There's, I needed a sweater today. 
right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Just Our furnace just like kicked that. on today. I noticed I came home yeah. and I'm like, why is it so warm in here? Oh, the furnace kicked on. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, it means winter's coming, which totally depresses me. So I, I, I don't have such nostalgic feelings around October. But then but, it's fireplace season. And ooh, then, you know, like it's, all that. Like it's, it's, I'm glad Shannon has a fireplace season. I do. We, yes, we have yes, a very yes. nice fireplace area that I, that has it, been a, a savior the last couple of years, the last couple sure. of winters. You know? For sure. It is good outdoor fire pit season. Like the evenings yes. are cool and sitting on the fire outside is also nice. Yes. I will I will give I will give you I will give you that. I will be snowburdened. I think I mentioned I will be snowburdened this year for the first time. Um so uh right. next month head in, head into the homeland of Barbados and right in of the winter and uh we'll see what we'll see what happens. But yeah. it's gonna be amazing. I, I think it's I think it'll be great. It'll yeah, I think it'll be great. Yeah, we might have to do an on-location January episode, I'm thinking. I know, right? Come on down. I mean, Derek's birthday is the 12th. We can all just pack up and go, right? I like it. I got room. Come on down, seriously. Better Google our tickets right now. Think about Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. Prepare. Sit down waiting to Google, right? Because sticker (laughs) shock will bowl you over. (laughs) Yeah, maybe I'll just zoom from home for that one. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It might be worth it. It might be worth it. Yeah. All right, so scholar Emily Zarka says terrifying dragons have long been a part of many religions, and there's a reason for their appeal. Now, scientists have tried to come up with explanations for the myth of dragons, but their enduring existence is testimony to their narrative power and mystery. And today, dragons are celebrated and revered in Buddhist, Taoist, and Confucianism traditions as symbols of strength and enlightenment. Dragons also appear in Anatolian religions, Sumerian myths, Germanic sagas, Shinto beliefs, and in case some of our listeners feel left out, in Abrahamic scriptures. So where do dragons rank on your list of religious concerns or interests? Or did you even know that there are dragons in the Bible? Does this mean you're all caught up on House of the Dragon? Because that's the only. That's I the, know. I, I was like, that's that has to be. That, that is the only concern around dragons or interests around dragons that I have right now. Are you are you, you caught go. up? I'm not caught up. I'm still catching up on Game of Thrones. But oh my god, <laughs> House of the Dragon is. Listen, it is. It is very. It is very familiar in all just like the chaos. Yeah. And off the chain things that happen in mm. the show mm. right but at the same time there's a lot more dragons like dragons all over the damn place like this yeah. last episode i won't you know i'm not spoiling anything but i think i don't know in one scene there's like four or five dragons flying overhead and everybody's riding the dragons and it's all cool and some kid rides dragon so, for the first time like and yeah that that i love it doesn't surprise me when you look at this that like more yeah. Eastern, what we would know as Eastern religions right. have more dragon because, you know, that that's, um, you know, China dragons are much, uh, it's it's very a, a symbol in their culture. And um, I th- there's like, I look at like iguanas and I'm like, yeah, in my mind, like if you were yeah. to make a mystical, right? Like if you had a giant iguana, you would, you know, it'd be a dragon. It might as well be, right? right. Um, but so it doesn't surprise me that, you know, more of, of Eastern religions have more symbols. It did surprise me. I will fully admit I did not, um, did not know there were dragons in our scripture. And I am really curious about it, did you that, did you not read the book of Revelation? But like, <laughs> I guess I've always. Um, first off, not really. Um, <laughs> True you, confessions. You, you should read it to the kids at night. Great bedtime story. Listen, oh I've. I mean, I've read. I know the gist, and I've read most of it. But I come from a Calvinist tradition, and Calvin yeah. wrote every, a commentary on every book of the Bible, but Revelation, because he went nope. He was yeah. He said no. no. He said, no, that's, John was that's, drunk high or both. And we don't need to, and we don't need to go there. And and yeah. so there's some beautiful symbolism we can pull out, but you don't need to spend a lot of time there. So I didn't, I just didn't. And nobody asked me to, nobody has asked me to. But you yeah. see, for me, <laughs> revelation is really kind of the only fun book in the Bible. Like this is, this is like, 
this is like biblical fantasy slash science fiction. Like it really gets creative and imaginative. It's almost a literal biblical Game of Thrones. It kind of is, right? Yeah. So you read it from that perspective because up to then, yeah, Bible's kind of boring. Sure, there are stories. dragons and thrones in Revelation. There are. There are dragons, there are thrones, there's horsemen in the apocalypse, there's yes. like, you know, the war to end all wars. There is everything yeah. in the book of Revelation. It would make an awesome fantasy series. As long <laughs> as we remember that is fantasy. I wonder how, I mean, because really, okay, in the Western world, we're introduced to dragons through uh fairy tales so mm-hmm. like i i really yeah. do wonder where that came in of like the literally the white knight saving you from you know having to slay the dragon in order to and and so like that metaphor had to come from somewhere well, i i i throw right. them into the category of like unicorns where i think somebody just like saw you know somebody saw a horse and like hey wouldn't it be cool if this horse could fly let's give it wings unicorn. that's a pegasus same, you know. Right. Same. Whoa. There you go. Well same done. thing with the same thing with the uh, what you call it. Um, dragons. Somebody's going like, yeah, at some point it'd have been cool if these things could fly. I it, it it is curious where the origins of these like animal myths come from. Yeah. Uh, originally. But I'm I'm going to I'm going to chalk it up to um, really in, inventive imagination. I know there are folks out there who truly believe in like, you know, fairies and mythical creatures that once existed and all that. I mean, for right. God's sake, we turned uh, Quidditch into a real game. So, you know, anything's possible. <laughs> but possible. I will fully admit that I used to believe. So once I knew unicorn, or I found out unicorns weren't real, right? Or whatever. I then, and Pegasus, um, I used to then think seahorses were fake like because i'm like that's ridiculous like yeah. that's something that's like somebody drew that right and narwhals i was like wait a yes. second what like <laughs> yes i'm i'm sorry like, it's like the sea unicorn yeah like unicorns aren't real but the narwhal is like <laughs> and i was i was embarrassingly old when i found out the narwhal was real like yeah and, but but i mean the the seahorse i found out very quickly but I like I went to we went to an aquarium as a child and there were seahorses and I was like wait what like there because it just looked like it was too and when yeah. you see them for the first time like aren't you disappointed how small they are well, I know for I was me, just so excited about them being real that I was for me <laughs> you know a seahorse and we know a horse is a massive creature oh yeah yeah right yeah. and then you find you see these things like as big as your pinky finger. And yeah, it's for just, me, there was just the look. It's utter that, disappointment. It's yeah, look. utter utter disappointment. Yeah. I but, saw uh, this video the other day of a seahorse giving birth, and like you cannot unsee that. Like, <laughs> I can't unsee it. What? So if you're just <laughs> if you're glutton for punishment, Google that. But hey, gender saying. equality for the seahorses, right? Because isn't the males that carry the eggs and give? Yeah, birth I think so. Lay the yeah. eggs. Yeah. Yep. So, right. I mean, you could literally do a quiz. Is this? occur in the bible in narnia <laughs> or in real life and, and <laughs> exactly you, sometimes you wouldn't always know which one right no that's real <laughs> this that's is, this is very real. true my my thing about dragons in the bible though is that they they're always you know synonymous with you know the enemy evil mm-hmm. um and a lot of shannon's point earlier fairy tales the dragon is something that needs to be defeated is it, it's an obstacle um they they tend to get a bad rap um you know yeah this is in in a weird way why i appreciate uh um game of thrones and right. house dragon and that whole series is the dragons are kind of just these neutral creatures that right. depends just, on the owners yeah um, yeah and in as we said in the question in some of the eastern traditions they're symbols of enlightenment you know <laughs> yeah. like and strength so the opposite of evil in a way although some yeah. people see enlightenment as evil but you know well, well, it's what you do with your enlightenment, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, some of us become enlightened and start these amazing cults. So, yeah. So, what was, the, the word I was it a use. dragon? Was it a dragon in the never ending story? Was it a, was he a dragon? I think the so. Big, no. Yeah. Um, I mean, he had, he had like fur. He was, he was almost like a big dog. But a, he was a furry dragon. Oh, he was like a dog, wasn't he? Yeah. But he, but he flew and he, you know, I guess he didn't breathe fire. I can't remember. I haven't seen that movie in so long. But That's like, a good question. 
Um, but it, 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 but you know, then we had Puff the Magic, you know, Pete and, and oh. you know, oh, yeah. so we Pete's did Pete's Dragon. You know, we we did find a way to say, you know, let's ter- let's put this more in the dinosaur category where, yes, they're scary and yes, they're whatever, but they're also lovable. And let's write some children's stories about them. And yeah, I don't and, know. And in Narnia, I think Eustace becomes a a dragon in Voyage of the Dawn Treader, if I remember. So so why do you think we need we, we need a we need to create these mythical creatures? Is it is it because we're wholly dissatisfied with the ones we have. <laughs> we, mm. we need some new fun ones or, or is there, is there like, you know, the minutest of chances these creatures once existed. I am always curious about yeah. what drives us to, to create and then build whole mythologies around things that don't exist or never existed. Of course, if one day they actually find like, you know, dragon, um, Bones or, or fossils, we, yeah. we can all, we can yeah, all we, we, words. Just, we just watched the latest uh, Jurassic Park Dominion or Jurassic World or whatever. And you look at some of those beasts, which are based on, you know, what we know from paleontology and so forth that actually existed. And a lot of them, they might as well be dragons. Like they're huge, scary beasts and some of them can fly. You got to watch the one on Apple TV. Have you seen this on Apple TV? There's one, I think Richard Attenborough actually narrates it and it's CGI, but it's so good CGI, you know, oh, and, the, and, yeah. And it is the latest uh, archaeology uh, um, oh, nice. data that they have. So most cool. of these dinosaurs are like feathered creatures, and they, right. they look mostly different than what you know we've been accustomed to yeah, and indoctrinated. There, there with. were more it, feathered ones in the latest Jurassic. Yeah, it's really good. For extra bonus, watch it when you're high. That <laughs> that will rock your world. So I I've mean, been told. I, I, let's and let's be honest. Like what distinguishes a dragon from a dinosaur or from another, like a, a big lizard or whatever, is the fire it's the fire breathing right right that's that's the big piece of it i think i i mean i just like can it be a dragon without the fire breathing in the mythical way right but i I just think it's a i think it's a way of um if you live in a medieval time or whatever and there is you know people being burned by fire is very likely and Mm. um it's terrifying and it's but you write like so you know you would make up stories based around these kind ooh, of ooh. you know but, maybe but in we me- in medieval times they stumbled across some dinosaur bones right and we're like oh i did wonder about that actually yeah you know maybe. well and or or you know animal carcasses that had been burned and eaten or whatever right like right, right. i don't know i i just think our imaginations we give all kinds of image to our imaginations both positive and negative so but I, you know, I found it interesting. Like, I, I guess I knew that there was, there were dragons in Revelation. I kind of forgot about maybe there are hints of that or even explicit parts of that in the in the Hebrew scriptures, um, maybe in Genesis or the Psalms. Um, but I mean, I, Genesis one lets us off the hook, right? With anything that like it's all the creeping things, right? right. And all right. like. There's all this, the fire all breathing the, things, all the sea monsters, all that like Genesis <laughs> one just lets us off the hook on. Listen, whatever gets created is part yeah. of, you know, part of the deal. Like, yeah. and, but and so I guess I was going to say it's we, we if you were to say dragons and religion, I guarantee no Christian would be like or maybe even Jewish person would be like, yeah, that's in my tradition, too. Like, I don't think that's anywhere near our consciousness. Right. Yeah. No, but for some of them, there were dinosaurs roaming Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. So you know, I wouldn't, I it's wouldn't true. put it past them. <laughs> Our timelines are a little. Uh, Fair enough. I, I would not put it put it past them. And then it makes me wonder: uh, Did dragons uh, make make it in time for the Ark ride, or was that the end of the dragons? Could have been, could right? have been the end of. The but arc. they were flying, so I guess they could have, like you know. Oh. They'd airborne and just landed when they needed a like a the ark was up. almost fully ready to board, you know, and the dragon just you know. breathed the wrong direction and it was up and the dragons and the unicorns were left out in the cold. That's right, they That's cut it. the dragons. We can't have fire on the ark. This the whole yeah. thing is the whole thing's made of wood. We got straw for animals. I mean, but wasn't there enough no, rain no to dumb. kind of right? <laughs> dragon anyway. coughs and the whole thing goes up in <laughs> smoke. 
<laughs> yeah, they probably left them out intentionally. Yeah. See the dragon lumbering over the hill, and Noah's like, "Close the door, quick! We can't, we can't, can't handle this." Unbelievable. Who knows? So, quick parenting question: uh, Christy <laughs> took uh, our fifteen-year-old uh, son to um, Barnes and Noble a couple weeks back, and she bought him the Game of Thrones the book. Was that a bad idea? Is that okay? I was like, your mom know you got that? <laughs> He's like, yeah, she helped me pick it out. I'm like, what? I think that's I, fine. I mean, I think it's a great idea. Okay. It's a great idea. Yes. All right. Yeah. I, listen, I love that I, you usually reserve parenting questions to the, like the post show. So good for yeah. you for bringing them, bringing them forward <laughs> into, into the, into the main I mean, body I, of the program. It's, it's interesting. I find that I find it in, anyway, I find that an interesting question given the previous conversation, but like, no, I, I, yeah, I don't see anything wrong with that, but I, I mean, everybody gets well, to make their decisions. I guess I just think but of if, the TV show and there's some fairly explicit stuff from a, Oh, Brian, you don't think whatever. he's been exposed to. Hey, my inner Puritan is coming out. 15, man. 15. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, yeah, he's not nine. Okay. He's not seven. He's, he's seen things you don't want to think about what he's seen. Like, I don't want <laughs> to think on. about what my 12 year old knows and does, but like 15, like, I'm. Listen, we're all there. We, we, all right. All right. All right. You probably know more than I do at this point. Let's Move just along. go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna edit that whole window of conversation. Oh no, we didn't even. <laughs> we're leaving that. We're leaving that in. We're leaving that in. Plus, uh, you know, I've not read. Plus, that's between you and your wife. <laughs> I mean, that's that too. That, that I love. No, how I, I can't like, go. Oh, did, Shannon said. No, you know what I love is Brian's. Like, let me ask you a parenting question. Christy did this. <laughs> thing um no no that's a marital question and i will not speak against christy there will there will not be christy slander on the show at, no, at all absolutely no absolutely not but 15 um fantasy genre abs absolutely yeah. and let's be clear hbo they make their living off of like bumping up everything oh it's sensational and <laughs> right everything and, and listen what what goes like even when you read books and stuff in the, like it's it, reading it and seeing it are very different two things, different things yeah you know? the books like this long they got to condense it to this for the show yeah, yeah. so yeah no don't don't, don't worry about all it. All right, all right, all right. Moving along. <laughs> if she buys him like the joy of sex or something, like you know, sure. Hey, you know what? At fifteen like, again. At fifteen, okay, yeah, yeah. Get he's ahead of get okay ahead with that. Thing. He's more okay. Like he's like, let's just talk about it outright. Let's not use yeah. fantasy to do it. Right, <sighs> right. I don't want you getting the wrong idea Brian. about dragons, son. <laughs> I don't. Ugh. I don't know. All right. I think we've, I think we've exhausted this conversation. Uh, yes, we have. <laughs> Way past. All right. In Matthew chapter 12, let's get back to the scriptures. In Matthew, oh, we were in this. Okay. In Matthew 12, 32, Jesus says, anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or the age to come, uh, the New Living Translation says, "No one puts the Holy Spirit in a corner." That's right. That's Are you says. serious? No, oh, it doesn't. <laughs> but it listen, should. <laughs> listen, you know, I read the Living Bible, and that that has some fun. That has some fun translations. That's so, true. It's so, true. Just but, but so this verse has always perplexed readers of it because is there is Jesus really saying that there's something someone mm. can do? to move themselves beyond the possibility of receiving forgiveness. Is that really what he's saying? I'd like to point our listeners to last week's episode, if you haven't heard it, where we spent way too much time on the Trinity. <laughs> mm. Okay. And I think this is like Trinity part two. Um, and also Holy Spirit coming off a bit of a dick. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, like not, you know, not wanting to forgive. Like what is up? Come on, Holy Spirit. Don't, don't be like, don't be like that. Well, I mean, so that brings an in. interesting point, right? Like, it doesn't say anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit, the Spirit will never forgive you, right? Like, you will not be forgiven. So, oh, oh, I see, I see. So, so who's doing the forgiving? Uh, right. In this, 
And are um, we removing agency from the Holy Spirit? Does can the right. Holy Spirit not defend itself? Yeah. Does Jesus think of the Holy Spirit like the younger sibling? Like he's he's just being a big brother. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is there or is some... this or is this sexist? Is the Holy Spirit uh, male, female? Where where are yeah, we with it? More often female, it, you I know? think. So so then, if that's the case, it's like where are we where are we needing to protect the Holy Spirit? Why right? it, it feels it feels weird. It feels like it feels weird overstepping. It feels weird, right? Before I mean, and what? after it. What's going on here? It's so weird, though. It's it's a text that I don't know if I've ever preached on this. Like, it's probably been large part of a larger, you know, subsection, pericope, whatever. And I probably didn't emphasize this part. So maybe, maybe it's because Jesus did talk a lot about forgiveness. So therefore, it would seem you can't talk about forgiveness and then not forgive. Right. So, so. Jesus, yeah, Jesus forgive. says, forgive 70 times right. seven, like don't okay. ever stop forgiving. Yes. Unless. But however, however, Holy Spirit tend, you know, in, in for all intents and purposes, Holy Spirit is the messenger, the voice of God, right? In some, some, you know, depending on how you look at it, some people conflated with Metatron, that angel is supposed to be the voice of God, right, the Holy Spirit right. is sent, right? Yeah. So, so basically it, it almost sounds like if you reject or speak against the actual voice of God, mm-hmm. uh, the actual, yeah. uh, you know, then then there's no there's no coming back from that. You can speak against Jesus maybe because you know Jesus is intentionally controversial. Jesus is intentionally poking the bear. Jesus is intentionally here to upset the status quo, and you may get a little bit riled up by that. Sure, you're gonna say some things you'll regret later. Plus the whole atonement. So, you know, he's intentionally he's intentionally showing up to to die for your sins, if you believe that whole thread. Um, so so there's so there's that. He's he's coming to give us a new understanding of how we em- embrace these teachings and these laws and these scriptures that were so, there before. But the Holy Spirit, the 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 actual voice of God, the actual like, you know. Yeah. direct that's line a, you, you turn you, to... you turn back from that like you're saying no to god okay. itself you choose and your own adventure go ahead there here's go. why though because okay context is always important here we're in a section in matthew where he's like boom 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 here's all the nuggets that you need to know right he's just it's it's this weird text and i have preached this and now i remember why and it's also right before this is like is where we get the like if you're not for me you're against me which again is also super icky. It's one of his Jesus George says. W. Bushisms. It is. <laughs> but right before this is this little like he's he drives out a demon from someone, and then he talks about um, a division in your house, right? And he talks, and then he gives this little allegory of like if someone comes and robs your house they can't take all your possessions away without tying up the people in the house first, right? That you're going to, you're going to put up a fight. You're not just going to be like, come on in, rob me, have a great time. Yeah. Yeah. The old strong man. Yeah. And so actually I am going to do that. So nobody gets hurt. (laughs) I am too. So nobody gets hurt. But like, but the point is the right. The point is like, rob me when I'm not home. Right. Like don't do it while I'm here. Just, you know, but there's this, there's this idea of, are you resisting against evil for lack of a better term, right? Are you resist, are you doing the work to resist? And if you're not doing that work, then you're, you're, um, I don't think Jesus would ever say hopeless, but you know, then like, this is a problem. So that's, that's kind of, that makes it a little more tolerable to me. And I know Mm -hmm. that sounds Is it almost like the way C.S. Lewis tried to describe hell? Like it's not somewhere that God sends people. It's sort of God or it's sort of people choosing to say no to God, even though God is always saying yes. But some people may in the end just simply choose of their own volition to say, no, thank you. I'm going to, I don't need you. I'm going it on my own sort of thing. So in the inclusive Bible, which is what I'm looking at, they use the word blasphemy. So whoever oh, yes. blasphemes against God, right. you know, against. Um, the inclusive Bible? I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, the inclusive. 
version yeah. of the Bible. So there's, um, you know, sons and daughters are out and uses sibling language and huh. uses a different, um, it uses gender neutral language for God, like very helpful Bible for me, by the way. Um, yeah. Iona introduced me to that one. Thank you very much. But I, I think just been, question, I just been doing that on the fly. I didn't know. The word no, I, I had too. And then wow. I found out there was a Bible and I really like the translation. Um, I think this question though, Brian, because in, if you preach lectionary in lectionary on Sunday, right before the text was, you know, if someone comes and if someone sins against you seven times and someone comes and repents seven times, you must forgive. Right. right. And, but this question of, is there really something a person can do to move beyond the possibility of receiving forgiveness? Like we, I think the three of us very easily preach that for God, absolutely not. Right. There is not, there is not anything we can't be forgiven for, but from a human standpoint, unfortunately, right? Like there are people that I just, I don't know that that forgiveness can be extended. And part of that is, and I'll speak, I'll speak on a personal level. Um, if there is a sin so egregious to me, then there's always going to be a, a road to repentance. Like there's always going to be a road to, and what I mean by that is like, you didn't even have to do it to me. Let's just talk politically of, you know, people who've done terrible things. Yeah. Um, but I just, what you did was so egregious that I don't know that you're capable of it. Like, I don't, you know, like I need to see that you're capable of it so that are you beyond the possibility? No. And, and then well, does and, someone have to mm-hmm. repent or show remorse for you to forgive them? And I'm so glad you asked that because what I was just about to say was then let's talk about what forgiveness is and what yeah. it means right. from the individual perspective, right? And and so so as you were talking, Shannon, I'm like, what's the worst case scenario I can imagine? Right. And for me yeah. right now, it's like somebody go kills my daughter. Or yeah, or right. somebody like just yeah, I'd imagine the acts of violence against her survives or doesn't survive, whatever, and she's broken forever. Somebody does that. What is what is forgiveness in my world, mm-hmm. right? What is what does that look like? And I'm sitting here thinking about that, and for me, for me, the forgiveness is I get to a point in my life where my anger and need for revenge and justice, but mostly revenge, mm. is not the driving factor in my life. Mm. Like, I, I can get there after such a heinous, heinous crime against my daughter, then for me, that's, that's, that's forgiveness. So, so then technically, no, there isn't something you could do. But for me to get there is like, I don't know if I can get there, like just imagining it, right? Yeah. So, so what is what is the forgiveness? And then we talk about, well, this is why, you know, when we speak about God's grace and forgiveness, if you believe God is that being that can do that, then it's like this this is an example of the magnanimousness of of the divine, that right. there's nothing you can do that they that will make God love you any right. less. And that's and that's the the pivotal part of this question is move beyond the possibility of receiving forgiveness. Right. So I'm right. I'm I'm thinking less about my need to forgive on a so that I can be free, right? So Don Miguel Ruiz who um years ago wrote that book The Four Agreements and yeah. then there was another there was a follow up which the name I can't remember. But in it he said something like um you'll know that you've forgiven when you think about the situation and you know, and the feeling is yeah. neutral or, you know, you don't have to have a good feeling about yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's what, that's what I was paraphrasing, yeah, that, that, yeah. that whole sense about that. That sense of, and, and at the time I read that and went, that's impossible. And then I got there, right? Like, okay, that's just kind of the way it was. That's, right. you know, whatever. But that, but, but the person, so in order to receive forgiveness, I do think you need to know that you've done something wrong and 
that there is some sort of, and I don't mean to use super Christian language, but just the repentance, the turn, sure, the ability to recognize, the take responsibility, whatever language you want to use. And um, so you're talking more about the receiving forgiveness from the person than the person extending the forgiveness. Extending and, it, yeah, right. Yeah. Right, right. And so that is the, the way I phrase the question. And yeah. and and I think on that front, there probably is, but it but the way it's phrased in the text, it sounds like forgiveness may be withheld. So it's not on you. You're just it's not even an option. You're not being offered it. And that feels harder to square. So so what my question in that is, and and maybe this is one wandering I would have about this text, say if I were preaching it or whatever, is like. My wonder about that is, is if Jesus is saying that at this point, you've turned so far away from God that um, it's not that God, it's not that it's not within God's possibility to forgive you. It's that you have made these series of choices to put yourself in a place that is really hard um, to come back into uh, uh, so yeah um one of the things if you read about narcissism right that like a clinical diagnosed narcissist there's actually no treatment for narcissism yeah. there you can't like once that has happened in you it's really you can you can work on behavior adaptations um it's actually to me it's terrifying study that yeah. but you really can't stop being a narcissist and so that's kind of what I'm reading in this, right? Is that like, once you've made that turn, you can, you maybe change your behaviors, but I don't know. I don't know. That's maybe one so, area I would so, look at. So back to something you raised um, earlier, Brian, who, again, in this verse, who is doing the forgiven? Is it God? Right. Or right. is it, it or like is it, it Jesus? But no, let's say it's flesh. God. It's, you know, then now we have set up conditions for receiving God's grace, God's forgiveness, God's love. And one of those conditions is you don't speak against the Holy Spirit, which kind of goes against the narrative that God is ultimate grace, ultimate love, ultimate right. forgiveness, right? Um, but then again, it really doesn't because we have the whole the whole idea of heaven and hell and here's what you need to do to get in heaven, here's what you need to do to get in hell, and or here's what you don't do when it gets you to hell. And therefore... And and this was one of the this is one of the original uh, unanswered questions that I had in mm. you know in my youth as a right. as a Christian. You say God is this um, bastion of love, right? An unconditional love, love that I can't comprehend. Yet, mm-hmm. yet, if I don't do X Y Z, right? Um, and those, those checklists vary, but generally, you know, then I will be, I, God, God's love will not be shown on me. I will, I will be rejected in the end times, uh, sort of deal and punished for all eternity, which never for me squared away that whole, well, how is this unconditional love? This sounds very conditional to me. Right. And this verse well, is setting up conditionality yeah. uh, uh, again as well. So so I, I think we really got to, to your point, go like, OK, you know, how does this stand up against the rest of the, yes, exactly. the whole message? That's right. Right. And anytime you hear this, uh, a verse like this pulled out of scripture, like my immediate response is what's around it? What's going on before mm-hmm. and after the text? And does this jive with what I know about God and what I know about Jesus and what I know about the Holy Spirit? Like, you know, is this the voice of love? Is this like, right? Like all of that is, you just have to ask those questions. Um, You You know, we could go to a whole nother place of like, Matthew is the teaching gospel mainly written for, you know, Jewish people. So what, what, what's the law that this is linking back to, you know, there's so many ways to just not look what not I, look what at I, that and yeah. take it on face value and said this is you know you're either for what, me or against me what, what i want to say is oh the bible has a contradiction <laughs> shocker right right <laughs> but i mean the reason this was challenging is because forgiveness feels so core to 
gospel and and Jesus and people's understanding of their faith sure. that that's what throws this throws like a, a wrench into that that makes you pause and say what's going on yeah. well what it also says is hey if there's a condition that God ain't forgiving you then I can get a pass for not forgiving somebody or something which again you know Jesus says <laughs> the exact opposite in so many other places so yeah oh, the Bible has a contradiction shocker Okay, la- like la- like the last thing on this because this is actually really interesting. But if you have the wherewithal to stop and say what I just did or what I'm doing in my life is something that I think might my, my my forgiveness by God might be in jeopardy for that may be something. One, if you have the insight to do that, you're probably it's not probably not that bad. But two, like if you're still feeling that way, you might be like. I might want to um, flag that and discuss this through this, this issue that I'm feeling is so egregious, right? That, and again, we're not talking about the, going back to last week episode, we're not talking about the six-year-old who thinks they've sinned so much that they're, you know, whatever. We're just, I mean, I'm just saying that if, if you're pulling this verse out for a person and really going, you need to look at your behavior, <laughs> like it better be something real bad. And they, you know, hopefully have somewhere with all to listen but my mm. guess is there yeah this this is one of those point. verses we go like, eh, we don't get it either just be a good person yeah just stop yeah i mean <laughs> cover I, your bases i think yeah this, this is, is what, what you i stop do taking. with texts like this you know <laughs> there insert you eye roll here. insert eye roll here and stop trying to take the bible literally in any way shape or form stop it you can only get yourself in trouble mm. all right I'm going to move us on. I think we have time for one more. Uh, and this is a quote that I found really interesting from author and pastor Philip Gully. He wrote The Evolution of Faith, uh, among other things, how God is creating a better Christianity. And in this quote, he says, In the end, stand where we feel led, stand straight, stand tall, and try to remember that other folks might be led to stand elsewhere. So, it prompted me to think about how we think this might apply to religious and social convictions. You know, um, some people have other, obviously belong to other religions. So they have other convictions there. They believe differently on social values or how we should best live in community on this earth together. And so just wondering what, for where for us, is it hard to let people stand elsewhere? Really? Do you want us to give you a list? Actually, <laughs> I mean, dude come on <laughs> because so, i mean we're like i think we're coming from the three of us here and yeah. our listeners will be in different places but we tend to we read things like the inclusive bible you know we try to make space as wide as possible for the widest possible net for people um so that people can stand in different places and yet right there are places where someone might stand and we say mm, well that's here, just here's- off the spectrum Here's here's my line. It's not so much off spectrum. My line is, is it doing harm to someone else? Mm-hmm. Is there the potential for harm in someone else's life? If my belief is holding the potential for harm in someone else's life, then that's when I need to take a look at my belief. So for me, that's that's where the that's where the standard is. So so to be more pointed, you know, like let's take the abortion issue, right? You are welcome to believe in that that um in the so much in the sanctity of life that you will never get an abortion okay great i I support your right to choose that and it's um and it's not you know it's not a simple black and white issue i understand that you have the right to never have an abortion you you have the right to have as many babies as you want but then when you decide that because of your religious conviction i don't have the right to choose the opposite and it's seriously going to impact my life and my health. That's where I have problems because now you set up, you set up the conditions for harm to come my way. Yeah, and that's that's the issue. If you want to choose that for yourself, great. Because there's no law, there is no law that says you have to have an abortion, right? But when the law says that that a person can't have that one, no one you, can have one. That no one can have one. Right. Then you're taking that same thing with um, uh, that company the other day. I think we talked about it that decided the owner decided because of his religious beliefs, 
he doesn't want health insurance that will cover PrEP, the HIV prevention right. medication drug, right. right? Because now that's supporting homosexual sexual activity. Uh, this is not 1982. Insert eye roll here. Seriously, yeah. right? Right? Yeah. HIV yes. AIDS, not a homosexual disease. <laughs> Never yeah. really was, yeah. right? right. So, so, so again, you are now saying your belief is, is leading to conditions that will create harm for others. And for me, that's, that's where I draw the, the line. So Brian, I'm going to reject your question. Um, because yes. I, because I think it's the wrong way of putting it because I think we think a lot about, I uh, you stand over there and I stand over here mm. and we're opposing. But yeah. what I like about this quote and where it's helpful for me, stand where you feel led and th stand there, stand straight, stand tall, and try to remember that other folks might be led to stand elsewhere. So here's my issue. One of the reasons why the, the conservative Christianity has been able to rally is because they picked an issue together, right? Yeah. And they've, they've, but we- Or two as or three. Or two or three, but like yeah. they all feed into each other. But really yeah. they picked one issue that, they picked one issue that, has systemic racism and is that has you know but like mm -hmm. they said we're supreme court supreme court that's that's our issue yep so what we have done on the more progressive side is that we have tried to stand in every issue in every spot in every rather than saying i'm going to trust you that you're led to lead um to lead in climate change and i'm going to stand with you in that but that's not my thing. So me, instead of me trying to do everything, I'm going to support you. You're going to go do that to the best of your ability. So you don't need to necessarily stand over here and work. And please forgive me that like you, we can still care about all these things, mm -hmm. but like what's, we haven't done as good of a job as to say, all of this is our thing, but we're, we're all going to trust each other and speak for each other as we stand in our own spots. And so instead we're all trying to run around and do all of it. And so nobody's actually standing anywhere and nobody's doing that with a great conviction. But does that make sense? To it, what I'm it, it, it does make yeah. sense. Cause yes, mm -hmm. people can stand in different, people can stand in different spots. And, and, you know, we, we, I talk about when we do our anti-racist education stuff at Project Sanctus, we talk about pick your lane, right? There's, right. there's, there's enough lanes for everybody. You don't, mm -hmm. maybe you got weak knees and you don't want to go march in a protest. Great. Like, here's all the other things you can do. You know, like there's, there's, there's lanes for everybody. However, in some cases, it's a, we, we're heading one direction on the highway and over the, over the yes. other side, there's a bunch of people heading the other direction. Some yeah. lanes right? are problematic. Some lanes yeah. are problematic because we've seen what happens when, and, and when you say the abort, the centered around uh, the, the one issue, which was the Supreme court. But then again, we, we know the history of anti-abortion especially yep. in the christian world it was an issue that was chosen for them yep and when you do the polling both progressives and conservatives the majority support abortion rights right okay so so so, so what i'm saying is there's 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 a lot of manufacturedness around around issues yeah for the sake of political power yep and and then people feel like and then it's been equated to like well if you are a good christian you have to support these issues. Uh, right. You know, the, these issues have been Christianized. Is that a word? <laughs> They've been politicized no, but, and they've been Christianized. Let me, let me give yeah. the, let me give the image Word. that I see better. Let me give it better than what I just described. So during Trump's first 100 days, right? It was coming at us at every different direction. Immigration, yeah. guns, abortion, right? Like you name it. It was, it was coming at us and we, couldn't um yeah we were all running over to the we were all running behind the people, muslim band the muslim band right we were all mm -hmm. running behind the people that do immigration and then like 30 seconds later we were running over about the paris accord and climate yep. change and then we were all running over rather than saying there are people that can speak to immigration so we are going to lift their voices up 
We are going to, they are experts in this. We are going to let them do that. I happen to be an expert in this, in in, uh, the differences of church and state. So I am going to speak to that issue. And then someone else is going to lift me up in that process. Right. So, so that's kind of what I meant is that we all, we got exhausted by not actually standing still and saying, this is, you know, this will come and I will speak to it when it comes. But until then, I'm going to let this immigration expert speak and this climate change expert speak to for themselves. Does that make sense? That that's more of the image. For I'm sure. Having. And and I think you're talking about uh, organizing and political effectiveness and, and then lack thereof. And, and yeah, I think those on the left are notorious at too many issues all at once and not honing energy um, and not even honing energy at all levels of government uh, where I think you know, Republicans have done a better job even looking at, you know, local races and state races and, and all of mm-hmm. that, uh, but also keeping their eye on the Supreme Court issue uh, for sure. It, but also this question for me on the religious front, you know, certain Christians especially find it intolerable for someone not to believe the way they believe because they believe that hell is at stake or eternal salvation. So like, that's why there have historically been so many evangelical missionaries, because if someone belongs to a different religion, they're going to burn in hell forever. And that, and rightly, that's an intolerable thing to conceptualize. So we better do something about it. Um, And those of us in a more uh, progressive and pluralistic religious space don't feel that pressure because I don't think that's how God operates. I don't think that's even a real thing. And so that's not what's driving my, you know, religious energy. It is more around human thriving here and now and right. finding peace spiritually as well, but not this sort of eternal destruction energy that makes it intolerable for me to talk with a Muslim and be perfectly happy that so, they're a Muslim. So, you know, you know, what that reminds me of that reminds me of that question, uh, which you all have heard when, you know, the missionary said, like, you know, I came, I came uh-huh. to tell you about God so you would be saved. Right. And then 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 the the, the person was like, well, if you hadn't showed up, what would have happened? Well, God's grace would have extended to you and you, you know, then why'd you come tell me anything in the first place? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Kind of paraphrasing I that. If I'd never heard your message, what would have happened to me? You'd have been fine. Yeah. Then, yeah. then why'd you, you come okay. mess my world up? I was doing fine before you showed up. I am okay with people again, again, having their beliefs and being fervent about their beliefs. I will, I will help them. I will help them have the right to have their beliefs. But but then when you begin to create laws and policies based on your belief that infringe upon my beliefs, that's the problem, right? Because right. as long as you start believing my belief is right and yours is wrong, then that's where we're going to have issues. America was created, the idea is America was originally created to be pluralist. We're yes. supposed to have a, a variety of ideas. We were founded on the idea of of people escaping religious, one of the narratives, escaping religious persecution. So we can come here and and believe whatever we wanted to believe at some point in time. You know, it's like you can believe whatever you want to believe as long as it looks Christian enough. And and I'm not okay with that. And I think we should be okay with that. Yeah. And and listen, like a lot of the founding of America's those founding fathers felt very led to stand in a place where a lot of human beings weren't given full dignity. So they certainly weren't given a right to vote. So again, challenge at times where people stand. So it, but, but it's not a bad image to go, but anyway, we're going to continue. I'm going to continue to wrestle with that one, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Because everyone should think how I think. (laughs) Also, remind me in the post show to tell you about um, a couple of weeks ago when a parishioner, uh, here's a teaser for the post show, become a patron. Um, a parishioner caught me for 45 minutes after church talking about aliens and how ah! it is challenging their belief in God that there would be aliens. So, wow. Anyway. So thank you, friends, for turning turning into Pub Theology Live. You can show your love for this show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Yay! Get access to my story 
and pre and post show banter. <laughs> Visit the post show. Patreon is all about Shannon's stories. <laughs> it's all about my stories. Um, visit patreon.com slash PG live. And a big thank you to our current patrons. Listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google podcasts. Top cities tuning in this week. Boardman, Oregon. Boardman, Oregon. That is hard to say. Boardman, yes. Oregon. Boardman, Oregon. Uh, Lebanon, Ohio, and Charlotte, North Carolina. Watch us live Tuesdays on Facebook around 1 p.m. Eastern time. And to find or create a pup theology in your town, learn more at puptheology.com. Until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. So no joke, after church several weeks ago, um, a parishioner caught me and was like, uh, no, I mean, so he was saying that how he believed in aliens and blah, 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 but like, it makes him question God. And I'm sitting there like, I don't understand how. That's amazing. So I, I mean, have they been binging X-Files or what's going on? I, I was just about to ask. Well, there was this weird, like, then it got into ghosts and spirits and I was like, what the like what is happening 